welcome to today's episode, another podcast episode of Of Course You Did. I feel like every time I say that, of Of Course You Did, it's like a little bit of a tongue twister, but whatever, we're just going to have to get used to it. I am your host, Brooke Alexander. Welcome to the episode. I am excited to share this one with you. This one is actually an interview. One of the Creative Coach Method graduates interviewed me the other day, and I wanted to share that interview with you here. And the reason that I wanted to share it with you is because normally when I talk about NLP and hypnosis and mindset and the subconscious mind, I'm just kind of sharing my perspective and what I think will be helpful for you to hear. But I have been immersed in this world for so long now, in the world of NLP and and mind stuff, that it all just comes so easily and naturally to me because I've practiced it for so long. So I don't know what someone who doesn't know this stuff wants to know. I don't know what questions you have unless you ask me. And so that is kind of what this interview is like with Carissa. We recorded on an Instagram live and managed to get the audio through many different steps, but it worked. And it was really for people who don't know anything about this stuff. So I wanted to share this perspective with you because I think it's going to be really helpful rather than me just saying stuff at you. It's a really great perspective of someone asking me questions, questions that you might also have about this stuff. So With that said, we're going to jump into the episode. We have a lot more episodes coming up on mindset, on NLP and hypnosis and all that good stuff, but I really want to focus these podcast episodes on helping you transform your mind, helping you renew your mind and helping you take action, take action towards what it is that you want, because we can talk about rituals and we can talk about journaling and we can talk about all the things that you want but really where most people are getting held up is that action part so that is really what we're going to focus on and obviously a lot of it is going to be like where where does your mindset need to be in order for you to take action because your mindset is the first step but that's really what we're going to be focusing on here so anyway All that aside, let's jump into this episode. I'm super excited to share it with you. Krista asked some really great questions. It was such a great interview. And I don't know if I mentioned this already, but Krista is a Created Coach graduate. She just finished with the last round. So I really, really loved talking with her. So, okay, I'm going to stop rambling now. Let's get into it. Thank you for joining me. I think everyone or most people would know that you are my NLP coach and Mm -hmm. practitioner and it's been such an incredible journey being a part of the Created Coach Method uh, last year and um, it's been life-changing and it's something that I continually want to share with people because I think the subconscious mind and NLP and getting in the driver's seat of our thoughts is a topic everyone is really, really interested in. Um, And I think a career a lot of people are diving into as well. For those people that don't know what NLP is, I think you give the best explanation (laughs) and it's it's why I chose you out of all the different kind of courses and Uh, coaches out there I've just resonated with you so much and was looking for such a long time for someone that I really aligned with that could teach me the techniques um, from a really authentic place and you just do that so well and you explain it so well so I'll I'll hand the mic over to you to really explain NLP to people. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. And I'm so grateful that you got to be a part of it and that I got to guide you on that journey to learning NLP. So NLP, it's the letter N, the letter L, and the letter P. I feel like we say it so fast, it kind of sounds like a word, like NLP. NLP. um, NLP. It's not, it's NLP. So the N stands for neuro, which means your brain, linguistic stands for, well, L stands for linguistic. And that means the language, the words that we use, that's the words that we speak out loud. And it can also be the words that we say to ourselves in our head. 
And programming means the programs that run, the programs that run in our mind automatically that cause us to take actions that we take, take, uh, think the thoughts that we think, and then in the end of all of that, get the results that we get. So that's what it stands for. And what it actually is, it's the user's manual for the mind. It has put a process on how we perceive things from the outside world, how we filter them in our mind, then how we create thoughts and beliefs from that, how we take action from those thoughts and beliefs, and then how we get the results that we get. So it's literally how we interact with the world around us that causes us to get the results that we get in life. And it's also a set of processes, which we call techniques, that we can use to transform the beliefs that we have, the thoughts that we have, so that we can get different results, so that we can get the results that we actually want to get in life. Because a lot of people, we take action based on beliefs that we have about ourselves and about the world that aren't true, but they Mm. feel so real. They feel so real that the actions that we take because of those become automatic and they often don't lead us where we want to go. So we can kind of thankfully go in and go into our minds and transform that so we we can take action towards the direction that we want to go in, the results that we want. And I think the the crazy thing about our subconscious mind is that it, you know, it takes us a while to consciously realize that we are being run by these programs. And it's not until, you know, you get to a certain point in life and everyone's on their own different journey that you sort of wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I'm living the beliefs of my mum, or I've taken on the, the, the limiting beliefs of my father. And that is now how I live out my life. Like this is happening on such an unconscious level. And I'd love for you to talk to the unconscious part of us and the point in your life, and I can share mine as well, where you started to awaken and live more consciously and become super aware of those programs and then decide, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to understand these beliefs, which ones I'm going to keep and which ones do I need to transform? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. I've actually been literally thinking about this today. So the unconscious <laughs> mind is where all of our beliefs come from, our thoughts come from. It's a very ancient part of the mind. And that is where we are stored. That's us, our beliefs, thoughts, actions, how we think the world works, how we think we work in the world, how we think other people are. That's all stored in the unconscious mind. And it's automatic. The unconscious mind produces our automatic result. It is in the driver's seat. Even though consciously we think we're driving, we're not driving. It's the unconscious mind that's driving, which is why we need to use these tools to really create change at the unconscious level because that is how we get long-term sustainable change. Um, So for me, this all started a really long time ago. Um, I was in a relationship to someone I was engaged to And um, I think we had been together for almost two years. And one night he, I'm going to like actually tell a little bit of the story um, because it's it's an intense story, but it's important. So a little, a trigger warning here for anyone um, who can be triggered by domestic abuse. Um, So we went out one night and he got very drunk and ended up um, punching me in the face. So I have a scar down my face here. I had to go to the hospital and get I don't know, 15 stitches down my face. And for the longest time, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell a single person that that's what happened. I told everyone that I fell off my bike while I was riding one night. And people believed me because no one would believe. Who wants to believe like the truth? You know, no one would believe that it was anything else. But um, after a while of not telling anyone, I really decided (laughs) and I I got some like... um, definitely some good habits from my mom. And I just knew that I couldn't deal with that in a relationship. I knew I didn't want to be the person who was in that relationship. I didn't want to be a victim. I didn't want to be someone who was, who was in an abusive relationship. And I knew he wasn't going to change. So we ended up breaking up and it was really hard, even though it was a terrible situation. It's still hard to end a relationship. So, um, my cousin 
ended up telling me to read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I read the book and did not understand a word of it. I had to reread pages over and over again. I, I didn't know what it was. So I kind of like finished the book, put it down and didn't pick it up again for years. But that was kind of the seed. That was the seed of like be present in the moment. And I didn't understand what it meant. I had no idea what it meant, but it kept on like playing over and over again in my mind. And um, I guess it kind of like grew from there, this interest in personal development, even though I didn't really know what it was. And then um, a few years later, I kind of dove a little more into personal development and ended up coming across a podcast called The Life Coach School by Brooke Castillo. And I listened to the very first episode. And she'd already had a bunch of episodes by this point. But I listened to the very first one. And in the very first episode, she said, you can choose what thoughts you want to think. And you don't have to listen to the thoughts you think if you don't like them. You don't have to listen to those. And I was just like, what? What? Why am I only just learning this now? You're telling me that all of those thoughts about not being thin enough, not being pretty enough, not ever going to be successful, not ever going to have enough money to have a house. I don't have to listen to those thoughts. <laughs> and that was like, that was it. That was the moment where I, I became conscious of my own thoughts. Like it was literally mm. from listening to that podcast um, that like I, w- I became conscious that I had thoughts. It was just mm. like, you know, before you become conscious that you're experiencing thoughts, you think you are your thoughts. Yeah. And that was the turning point for me right there where I became conscious of what was going on in my mind and the fact that I could change it. Like that was, that was, I I couldn't believe that I was an adult and no one had told me that. Mm. And it is crazy how much we identify with our thoughts and how tough it is though as much as we say as much as we know this now I think it's such a concept that we're all aware of that we are in charge and we are the observer of our thoughts and we can detach from it and we can almost have a bird's eye view of the thoughts passing by and not latch on onto them what I find is a constant for me um, and I'm sure for you as well uh, in, in many ways is creating the habits around detaching from the thoughts because it takes work, right? So you become conscious, you realize you're, you're in the driver's seat, as you said, and then, you, you, you know, you start to choose, choose your thoughts. But then all of those old stored patterns and ways of thinking pops up in your mind and you're back to where you started. So how do you bridge the gap? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you like to bridge the gap? I obviously have a few ways, but how do you get into the habit of make of of getting to the point where you might only let you know ten or twenty percent of your thoughts of those old patterns come in because you've rewired to a point um, where you're in, where you're sort of in control in a way. Mm-hmm. I think one thing to that it's really important here is, and a friend of mine said this to me last year, it was such a good reminder. Um, She said, you're not in control of the first thought you think. And that is something that I always have to remind myself because there is always going to be that gap between the thoughts you used to think and who you want to be instead. And it's an, it's an ever evolving process. Like there's, I don't know that there's, I mean, maybe I, maybe I have bridged the gap and now I've done it on such an unconscious level that I don't even realize. Like that's why I talk about all the time in NLP that it's like such an unconscious transformation that you don't even realize that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I'm even answering your question correctly. <sighs> Can you ask me again? So well, I, think- I guess, I guess, I guess it's like, can, okay, is, is there an old belief that you rem- like you can remember that you used to have that you just don't have anymore? It's something you don't buy mm-hmm. into. And even if it pops up, you know what to do and you've got the rituals, the techniques to go, right, it, this, this one just is, this is a stubborn fucking thought 
a stubborn pattern that wants to come up and infiltrate my mind. I know, I know where that's come from. And this is what I'm going to do to disintegrate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yes. So the ones I think that I have transformed, I can't even remember what they are anymore because, like I was saying, it just creates such a transformation mm-hmm. like on a subconscious level. But, I mean, I know I used to have really bad self-talk in my head. Like, I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. No one likes me. Um, actually, that's a good one. So n- people don't like me. I know I've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this one a lot. I used That's to have such the a good belief. Example. Yeah, seriously. I think a lot of people can resonate. So I used to have the belief that people don't like me. And it was like so prevalent that I would just meet people and immediately be like, no, they don't like me. Like it doesn't matter that they don't like me. I just know that they don't like me. It's fine. I'll still get on with my life. But like maybe I'll be a little bit nicer to them or whatever. Like I kind of felt like I had to earn them liking me before mm-hmm. they would like me like people wouldn't automatically just like me because I'm a good person they would I would have to earn it um so I did the very first NLP technique that I ever experienced was for that belief and it was a single belief change and as soon as that technique was done I felt wobbly on the chair like my brain was like rewiring shit in the moment like I could feel it I was wobbly I couldn't really tell what was going on I like needed a minute to sit down and so I really worked on that belief but when we when we work on a belief and we can rewire it and remove it if it's a really deeply ingrained belief it's going to take a little bit of repetition to make Mm -hmm. sure you know you're really working through it but what it does is it kind of peels that layer off the onion to all of the beliefs underneath it that were created to support that higher level belief so under people don't like me was like something else like I'm not a good person and then there was you know once I lift the onion the layer on that one then I find another one I whatever you know so I'm still even though I worked on that original belief of people don't like me there's still these other beliefs that that come up and it's totally fine because I have the tools you know, and the, the conscious awareness to, to deal with it. So there are still beliefs that do come up. Um, and I feel like I've gotten pretty good at, like, as soon as it comes, I'm like, mm, I know what you are. Mm. You, I, I treat everything as a mind game. So I'm like, hmm, this is a fun game now. Now I get to work on, on this one. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? Yes, that okay. totally answers my question. Because I think that's something that we all come to a head with is those niggling kind of really ingrained beliefs that maybe we're we're at a point in our journey where we haven't fully figured out where that's come from, whether that's a belief that's been picked up from our parents or, or, or from a situation that's happened or an experience from childhood. And I think it's really important for people to know the crucial age that we fundamentally um pick up these beliefs and I want I wanted you to talk on on that a little bit the the Mm -hmm. is it seven seven to zero to seven yeah zero to seven let's talk Mm -hmm. about zero to seven because um I think even being able to know that you can go back to that time and maybe do some reflection find stillness meditate whatever it is you need to do to kind of go into that deep imagining and experience what was happening around that time for you what memories can you remember that created the beliefs that you run subconsciously today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so when we are at the ages of zero to seven we are like little sponges because we're trying to figure out how the world works and who we are in the world. And the way that we do that is by looking at the people around us and doing what they do because they're adults. So clearly they've been successful at, at living is what we think when we're little, they're successful adults. So in order for us to kind of get to adulthood, maybe we need to behave that same way. And that's all we have to model is what we see going on around us. So we're kind of picking up, the behaviors, the beliefs, the patterns of our parents. And not only that, but we don't quite understand how to perceive information. So if our parents, if we do something and our parents get angry at us and they're like, you did something wrong that wasn't a good thing that you did, 
we can make that mean that we aren't a good person. Mm. So then we can form beliefs that way as well. We interpret a look or a word to mean something that it doesn't actually mean. Mm. Um, so it's that is where a lot of our patterns and beliefs come from. And even now up until adulthood, it's interesting to kind of reflect on how you behave now and how you think now and what you're still holding on to from yeah. your childhood. Like you're still holding on to the anger of being a child, of when you were a child, the upset from when you were a child, like the anger at your parents from when you were a child, even though you're all completely different people now. Um, mm. So we definitely carry that into adulthood without realizing it. Yeah, it's amazing how much we can suppress and how much stagnant energy and trauma not only is the mind replaying in our subconscious, but also where it's being held in our body. Uh, and that mind-body connection is so important to releasing um, the things that we pick up as a child. One of the things I really picked up and that I'm working on at the moment is my need for external validation. So I grew up in the entertainment industry and my dad, who I love and have so much compassion for and know that he's only picked that up from his parents and then his parents' parents and it's a, it's a lineage of generations. So I don't, um, I don't have any sort of like anger or I don't point the finger at my parents for these things because they almost don't know any better. But I found that in order for me to receive love and what I defined as successful as from a really young age was to receive external validation and praise. Like my dad would always be like, good job. Like every time I, you know, came first in a performance or any, anything I did as a singer, a dancer, an actress, like anything I did that was externally validated, I, I realized at that point and I made a mental note that, oh my God, this is how I am to receive love by getting praise from my, my father particularly. So I went on through life chasing a career and chasing things that would give me that same feeling, that same emotionally charged feeling um, or dopamine hit in the brain because that's how I learned how to receive love. And I didn't have any self-love and like you had the worst sort of mental chatter and, and talk to myself and was so hard on my achievements and would push and push and push because if I wasn't the best at something, then it meant that I wasn't worthy of love. And that mm -hmm. is only something I am, I, like you said, we're like onions and I've unpacked a lot of it over the years, the last 10 years of doing, you know, different healing work and um, sort of going inward and self-inquiry and whatnot. It's only now that I really realise how much that was running my entire life and it, I would make decisions based on, well, am I going to get goodies? Am I going to get that good feeling dopamine hit if I make that choice? And now it's really about how, how, how do I give myself love and acceptance without anyone else's approval? And that's, that's really, really hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. And I, what have you come up with? Sorry, you can keep going and I'll ask you a question. Oh, no, no, no. We're going, you're going into coach mode. I can just No, I really, want to, I, re I really want to know. Well, what have I come up with? I think, first of all, just the acknowledgement of it and cultivating a lot of, of self-love, sitting in the feelings. I think yeah. um, I became a workaholic subconsciously without really realizing it and I, my my strive and my ambition and my drive came from a really toxic um a really toxic place until it gets to a point where you actually do just crash and burn and it is not sustainable to live that way and you realize everything sort of gets pulled apart so you can build back up your values your your morals those really simple things that I don't even think in school we were taught we were taught to understand or maybe get to know what what our core values are because that can really shape um, the things you do and why you make the decisions you make. So it, it's it's almost like starting again in a lot of in a lot of ways and getting to know a new version of myself 
based on a fresh foundation that is not influenced by my parents and um, more influenced by who I am. But then at the same time, it's kind of like a bit confusing because you have to go through things to get to know who you are, to know what are the, what are the new things I value because what, obviously what I wasn't, what I was valuing before and how I was living before wasn't working. So I'm kind of on that path right now, still figuring out bits and pieces um, and, and, you know, obviously this is where NLP sort of came into my life as well, because not only doing your course was, it was a new career path for me, but it was also learning all these modalities and techniques so I could empower myself to heal myself. And rather, again, externally, I, I've, I've seen so many different healers and kinesiologists and, and whatnot. And it's good to have support and you need that along the way on this self-discovery road. But when are we ever taught to find the guru within and know that we actually are the ones that have all the answers? And that is the power that I think NLP initially gave me is I was going through this course healing myself with these epic techniques and understandings um, also along with, with forging a total new career that I became so passionate about to be able to sit in the seat as a coach and serve other people going down um, this journey of self-inquiry and discovery and, and living a path of truth ultimately is what I became passionate about. It's something that I've gone on and can talk firsthand on and I can see in how other people are really trying to find out who who they are and what, who their true self is. So they can live a fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything you said is so on point. Like I'm so grateful that you've kind of gotten to this point where you're, you're learning to build these new foundations for yourself and figure out who you are and what you actually want. And that's like, that's a huge step. And I think something that most people just never do, we never really question, hang on, what do I want? Because we look at the people around us, we have social media, we have all of these things influencing our thoughts every single day. Well, mm -hmm. this person is like really rich, so they must be doing the thing that I want to do because I also want to be rich. Or like, this person is super successful, so I'm going to do that thing. Or these people look really happy, so I'm going to do that thing because I also want to be happy. Mm -hmm. um, but never really asking ourselves, what do I want? Who am mm. I? What do I want? And how, and how do you want to feel? I think a lot mm. of the times, and I am um, guilty of this, we have a picture in our mind of what may make us look happy. Like, oh, if I get these things and if I have that job and that house, that partner, and it all looks like this. Again, most people don't realize subconsciously that they're actually creating a picture in their mind. And when they get to that, that picture, then they will become happy. Whereas if we reverse engineer it and figure out what are the feelings that we're attaching to that, to the picture in our mind, what are the feelings that we're chasing after? And how could that turn up in so many different ways other than what it appears to be on paper or comparing yourself to someone else's life. Yeah, so true. And another thing to add there is like we think that the picture, which has stuff because we can see ourselves doing things and having things in this picture, right? So we equate what we want to achieve with getting stuff. Mm. But what's important is the feelings and who do I want to be? Who am I going to be? Who do I want to look back on my life and think of? I was this person. I stood up for what I wanted. I pushed myself. I took action. I did these things. Who do I want to be? How do I want to feel? And the stuff, the money, the house, the relationship comes as a byproduct. Mm. You don't have to try to get. That's what, where we go around in circles and we're just like constantly on this wheel. It's because we're trying to get stuff thinking that that's what we want when it's not what we want. We want to feel a certain way and we want to be a certain way. When we can focus on these things, the stuff comes as a byproduct. We're not on that hamster wheel of constantly trying to go around. We're just like, who am I going to be? How do I want to feel? And like, what do I need to do to make sure I am that person that I can feel this way? And the stuff comes, the stuff yeah. comes. It's like, and it doesn't, it doesn't become important anymore. Like it loses its importance because you're just like, I don't give a shit about 
a million dollars or or this like mega mansion like those things don't matter if you're not happy if you don't feel good and you're not like someone that you're proud of being then that that stuff isn't going to change anything it's going to make you feel worse and it's stuff that is so completely outside of you it's like how can we go inward and focus on those feelings and when you realize how you really want to feel and how you really want to show up as your higher self in this world a lot of those things just like melt away and the house isn't actually what you want but what you want is safety mm-hmm. you know or oh, the perfect relationship isn't what you want who, who you, that can never be cultivated who wants a perfect relationship that maybe unconditional love is what you're after uh, and I think, I think when you're in the trenches of of healing and figuring all of this out, it can be, it can be really overwhelming to realize that ev- ev- how you've lived has been almost a facade. It's it's quite overwhelming to to realize that. Um, what kind of advice would you give to people that? are just kind of becoming conscious of their patterns and they're trying to figure out ways that they can rewire um, their beliefs and really start the path of living their true self. I would say there's a few things that I would say is one, don't go searching for stuff. Like you don't need to know what all your limiting beliefs are and where they all mm. came from in order to move forward. Guilty, it's like that's right. <laughs> it's a distraction. It's a like a, a delay tactic to be like, oh, now I gotta find all these beliefs and like figure out where it all came from. But that it's another way of avoiding moving forward. Mm. And so you don't need to find them all. You just need to think of who you wanna who who you wanna be and how you wanna feel and then focus on those things and moving towards those. And whatever needs to come up will come up. It will uncover itself, it will be uncovered, like all of the stuff that you need to work on will come up as long as you're moving forward, always, always. And another thing that I would say is that um something that you touched on earlier is like sitting in the feelings you're allowed to feel sad you should feel sad sometimes you're a human like it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel frustrated it's okay to feel whatever way you feel the biggest uh resistance in my life and like the most stressful period for me was when I tried to resist feeling a certain way and this is common I think in like the kind of personal development manifestation spirituality community where people are told that you've got to just act as if and think as though you already have it and just think all these positive thoughts. Otherwise your life is going down the toilet and you suck. Like, Mm. no, that is such, such terrible advice. So please never anyone ever take that advice. Feel how you feel, sit in the feelings, allow yourself to feel however you feel. When I'm feeling sad or frustrated, I visualize in my mind me sitting at a table. And for some reason that it's at a picnic table outside but for you, it could be at whatever table. But I literally am sitting at the table and I'm, I invite frustrated Brooke to sit at the table or I invite sad Brooke to sit at the table and we're just going to sit together. And that's mm-hmm. how I do it. I'm like, we're just going to sit together. That's it. You don't have to go anywhere. I'm not going to try and tell you to go away. You can be here too. You have as much right to be here as me. So we're going to sit together because it's when you resist the feelings, that is when you you start to feel that turmoil, that inner um, I can't think of the word now, right now, but it's like resistance, friction. Like that is when it feels horrible. When you're like, yeah. I shouldn't feel this way. No, you should feel however you feel. And it's not going to make your life like go worse or anything. Like all of that mindset, that manifestation stuff that says like, don't think negative thoughts. Because Ugh. if you think negative thoughts, then negative things will happen to you. That is not real. That is not real. Yeah. at all like let's just remove that one I, I like need to figure out a way to get that out of every single person on the planet's mind um, yes and you can it, feel however you feel it, I am so happy that you brought this up because online there is so much amazing incredible useful information but then there's also this kind of emotional bypassing and um toxic positivity which is what they're sort of calling it whereas exactly what you said and I'm so passionate about demystifying that is it is not about 
being positive all the time because that is gaslighting the way that you feel. And you're exactly right. Part of manifesting the things you want um, is is to have the ability to sit in those feelings and that's where the wisdom comes from. It's not about ignoring the feelings because all you're doing is suppressing them anyway. And a big sort of, um, what's the word, misconception of manifestation, like you said, is the positive talk, whereas that can only get you so far and then you notice that like you're positive for a second and then you seem to go straight back into the old habits, which is why NLP is so powerful because the foundations of manifesting the things you want, sorry, it's like to use the most overused word in the spiritual world manifestation, but it's the, it's the energetics and the programming and the subconscious beliefs. That's where the real work is in order for you to really live a a life from a place of your higher self and call in those, um, those feelings that you're really after. I think it's, it's hard work and it's the longer route but it's more sustainable and that is how you truly manifest is when you can unblock those behaviours and patterns. Um, That's where the work is at. It's not from just bypassing um, how you feel and being positive, which might last for, uh, you know, 10 minutes. And then you'll probably find that you just go straight back into your old um, programming anyway and and, and it do, it'll just be that dance until you are really willing to sit down and start that journey a very confronting uh road of looking at your belief systems that is where it all starts from mm-hmm. in Truth. the world of manifestation Mm-hmm. And in the, in the world of anything too, like manifestation, spirituality aside, you know, anyone can take from this people who, who don't believe in manifestation, people who believe in um, God, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to put a spiritual label on it. We can just call it mindset work yeah, as well. Exactly. Like, you know, in, in any area of life, whatever you're doing, whatever you believe in, like allowing yourself to feel your feelings, no matter what, that's key. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's a huge, it's so liberating. So I want to run through the different techniques that we learnt in the Creative Coach Method just so people can understand. Obviously, there's NLP and then there's the modalities of NLP. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's run through that because, like I said, it was, it's, there, there are all those modalities now I have in my toolbox tool for, like, self-healing but also for my clients as well. So I think for people really interested in NLP, it doesn't have to be because you professionally want to go down this road. It can also be tools for your own self-empowerment because there are so many incredible ones that mm-hmm. you taught me. Mm-hmm. You want to go through all of the techniques? Well, we just learned? naming them kind of and their, their benefit. Just yeah. like real okay. top line. I'll pick, a, I'll pick a few of my favorites. So one of the ones that I love is anchoring. And anchoring is where we use the mind to intentionally create a, we can call it a button. I I usually do it on the knuckle, but I have anchors that we can do it on knuckles. We can do it on earlobes. I have one on my shoulder right here where what we do is we install a, a stimulus. So a touch to a response. And so we can install the touch of pressing down on the knuckle to the response of feeling motivated uh so that is like one of my favorite techniques that is one of the ones that I do like with all of my clients when we first start working together um I think it's like so powerful and one that I love to share with people so much um because it's like just can create some huge huge shifts um another one that I really love and the very first NLP technique that I ever experienced was single belief change where we changed where my brain stored the belief that people don't like me. So our brain stores things based on pictures, sounds, and feelings. And all of the things that we believe are stored with similar kind of, this is going to be hard to explain without going into, but similar submodalities is what we call it. So they're going to like have the same brightness. They're going to have the same distance, like in our, from the picture in our mind's eye, um, there's all of like these tiny little things that we can change for the pictures in our minds that represent beliefs that we have. 
So for me, the belief that people don't like me was actually a, it was a, it was just like all blackness in front of me. So we made that smaller and really far away. We made it actually match a belief that I no longer believed. So we made it match a belief that um, I used to believe, but isn't true. And that was that I'm a baby. And so for that belief, that belief was um, kind of off to the right, far away. It was pretty small. It was in color, but it was like pretty faded. Um, so that's what we did with the, the black belief that was right in front of me. We moved it to the same spot, kind of off to the right, really small, faded it down. Um, so we can do that. That was like, that's, that's just when you learn that you can do those kinds of things with NLP and create those kinds of shifts, like it might seem like a lot for the people right now who have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> about, like a sub or what, um, like, I, I understand that it, like, there's a lot of words in NLP, a lot of new words. Um, but like, we can literally go in and change how your brain represents a belief and change it from a belief that you currently have that is a negative belief and we can change it to a belief that you don't believe anymore. We can Mm. literally shift what your brain is doing to believe that thing and make you not believe it anymore, which is wild. Um, Another technique that I really love is, um, oh man. Okay. I love parts integration where I had some, I've had some really powerful experiences with parts integration where um, a person, maybe part of them will want to smoke and part of them doesn't want to smoke. So we can really like ask their, ask them to bring out the representations of the part that wants them to smoke, the part that doesn't want them to smoke. We can actually have them talk to these subconscious representations of these separate, what seems like separate parts of themselves and get them to bring those two parts of themselves together so that they can be integrated back into the whole as one. Um, so I really love parts integration yeah, as well. Too. I love yep. timeline techniques. Time techniques and, is amazing, yeah. Yeah, love time techniques and hypnosis. I think that would hypnosis be hypnosis really cool. and EFT, just like. Yeah. And it's just so crazy how powerful like as you were just explaining it it's like once you do one of these techniques and you realize in that short amount of time how quickly you can change a belief is just it's it's mind-blowing it's crazy yeah it is mind-blowing and like we can change a belief in a second but I don't want people to think that it's like a quick fix we do this Mm. technique and you're on your way it's like the beginning of the work it opens the door for your, for the ability, gives you the ability to transform so much more down the line. Like we're peeling that layer off the onion and then more will come up, like more shit will come up (laughs) and you get to work through that as well. So that's what I really love about all of these techniques is like, it's not one and done. It's like a constant process of evolution and more shit comes up and then you get to keep having these tools in your toolbox or finding someone, a coach or practitioner who's trained in these things to really help you. Mm, And it's so important. I think coaches and practitioners in this day and age are are so needed. Everyone needs the support and the motivation and the guidance. And we're we're all dealing with these beliefs and battling with our mind every day. Uh, And I think the work that you do and the work that I do um, is incredible and I'd be, I'm so thankful that I've had you to be my teacher um, and to dramatically kind of transform my mind and and my life as well. And I think what's so cool about you is you're so honest and raw about this process and that, yeah, it isn't just like a one-trick pony and off you go. This is lifelong work and if you're willing, the more layers you peel back, I feel like, the more of a beautiful kind of deeper connection you end up finding with yourself and the more you can really find peace and live um, a life of truth and whatever that that means for you. So Mm -hmm. thank you for being you and doing all the work that you do. Thank you. I would love to because you're my coach and I just can and I think and EFT is one of my favourite techniques. Let's do, can, can you do a little EFT technique yeah. on me just to show everyone um how that works and run through that I yeah. at the moment have a real 
Uh, just a real niggling thing with the unknown. So much fear around, like, again, me having control of the mm-hmm. outcome and want and not being able to let go and trust in the unknown mm-hmm. um, is my issue at the moment. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, let's definitely do a quick little EFT. So for everyone who's watching, either live or if you're watching afterwards as well, you can follow along. Um, I will run you through the whole process. So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. And basically, it, it works like acupuncture, but without the needle. So we're using the energy meridians of the body to kind of tap into these energy meridians. And I like to think of them as like interrupting that automatic thought pattern habit that's going on. Um, So what we do is we tap on a few points. Now, the first one is going to be here on the side of our hand. So we're going to go like this. Then we're going to go on the top of the head, like kind of right in the middle here, if you want to do that. We have the eyebrow right on the side of the eye here, uh, the eyebrow, sorry. And we have the side of the eye here. Under the eye, upper lip, chin, collarbone. So this is between your clavicle and your first collarbone. Now it's important that you're tapping as close to the points as I tell you because the the energy meridians, as they come up to the surface of the skin, they're really small. So we need to make sure that we're getting in the right area. So it's between the clavicle and the first collarbone there. And when you're tapping, you're not hurting yourself, but you're not just going like this. It's like you feel it. So you got to feel it. Then we do final one under the arm, under the armpit. So um, kind of in line with the nipple, a little bit lower actually than the nipple bra strap for anyone who wears a bra. And then we can go back. So we'll just do a really quick one for you. I will say the things and show you what to do. And then you'll repeat after me. So, um, and if you're in an area where you can't say it out loud, just say it in your mind, um, but just follow along as you can. So you ready? Mm-hmm. You're cool. Okay. Even though I don't trust the unknown. Even though I don't trust the unknown. I completely love and accept myself. I completely love and accept myself. Even though I don't trust the unknown. Even though I don't trust the unknown. I completely love and accept myself. I completely love and accept myself. Even though I don't trust the unknown. Even though I don't trust the unknown. I completely love and accept myself. I completely love and accept myself. Okay, so just take a nice deep breath. And then we're going to start on the top. I'm worried when things are uncertain. I'm worried when things are uncertain. Things feel uncertain. Things feel uncertain. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I don't feel like I have control. I don't feel like I have control. I feel worried when I think of the future. I feel worried when I think of the future. I can feel it in my body. I can feel it in my body. I really don't like it. I really don't like it. Things feel uncertain. Things feel uncertain. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I worry so much about the future. I worry so much about the future. I'm ready to stop worrying about the future. I'm ready to stop worrying about the future. I'm ready to let go of control. I'm ready to let go of control. I don't need to be in control. I don't need to be in control. Because everything is always working out for me. Because everything is always working out for me. God has a plan. God has a plan. I trust in the plan. I trust in the plan. I can let go of control. I can let go of control. I feel confident even though I don't feel like I have control. I feel confident even though I don't feel like I'm in control. I can loosen my body. I can loosen my body. I can let it flow. I can let it flow. I can focus on what feels good. I can focus on what feels good. I take deep breaths. I take deep breaths. I focus on the present moment. I focus on the present moment. And I trust myself. And I trust myself. Okay, take a nice deep breath. 
All right. That's it. How was mm. that? Yeah. I feel really awesome. relaxed. Like yeah. my whole body is just like sunken into itself and I feel so mm. much more kind of grounded and less less flighty mm-hmm. and in, in like spacey almost and just yep. feet on the ground. Yep. That's it. That's perfect. And like it's such a simple thing to do and I just like to think of it as like a pattern interrupt, a moment where I can just, it, it takes me out of that fight or flight mode. Like that's what it does for me when I do tapping. It takes me out of that mm-hmm. fight or flight and like grounds me. And whatever, you know, whatever is actually going on behind the scenes, I don't care. Like I don't care if it's real. I don't care if it's spiritual. I don't care if it's like whatever. It just works, you know, like mm-hmm. for each individual person, person it, it like it does something. And that's what's important there. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Um, what an incredible chat. I, I know we could talk for <laughs> hours and hours and hours on end. Um, I'm hoping everyone got something out of this conversation. I'm sure they learned something. So thanks for being on. And mm-hmm. thank you. When can people sign up to the Created Coach Method? Um, I've had so many people ask me about the course and I know it's currently running live at the moment. So I just wanted to give people some mm-hmm. more info on what they can do. Yeah. Enjoying. So um, if anyone has any questions, you can definitely send me a DM. I'm always around to answer questions. I want to help you figure out if this is the right thing for you. Um, and that is my main priority is finding out if it is the right thing for each individual who comes in. I don't want anyone to be in if it's not the right thing for them. Um, so I won't ever like try and push it on you. So just come over to my DMs, have a chat. We, you can join at any point. It, it can be done self-paced if you want to, or you can join our live integration calls. So the first one is happening on the week of March 15th. So we're about four weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is super awesome. That's where we have the live weekly calls where you'll be able to practice all of these things and ask all the questions and all of that good stuff. So, um, you can send me a DM or you can head to brookealexander.co slash certification. Um, I'll have a link. Carissa can give you a link if you would like to um, go to that page as well. Um, but yeah, ask me or Carissa any questions and I'm happy to answer them. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time yes, and so also welcome. for sharing your story today, which um, that was very brave of you. And um, I think it would really resonate with so many people. So Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking amazing questions. I always love, always love chatting to you. So we Happy shall do it here. again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> love it.